Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions, hosted by author, speaker, coach, and singer-songwriter Creelan Peters, also known as the Fear Whisperer. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, learned to embrace their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions. I'm Creelan Peters, your host, and today I welcome guest Jarrett Ransom to the sessions. Before I bring her on the line, let me tell you a little bit more about her. Jared is the founder of Reawaken, a women's empowerment organization, and the author of an upcoming book designed for anyone who has experienced an obstacle or knows someone facing one and intended to provide valuable tips and share personal experiences. Jared shares her life's message and experiences openly in hopes of spreading inspiration to others. Growing up in a small town with a wonderful childhood, she has experienced failure, pain, rejection, and has hit many bumps in the road. Keeping her her head held high and choosing to be the victor, not the victim, she is focused on motivating and inspiring individuals to always seek the positive in life and to find the silver lining in everything. Get ready to build your lemonade stand and take charge of your own life. Reawaken provides resources and tools for adult women to grow on their personal journey. Through the supportive community that Reawaken provides, it has impacted thousands of women in the Arizona area and beyond to live their passion and follow their dreams. That sounds amazing. Welcome, Jarrett. Thank you. As you were reading that, I had to wonder if that was really me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the first person who said that. You know, we get so in tune with, you know, writing our, our um stuff to, to share and then it's and then it's like, wait a minute, I've accomplished I'm I'm pretty awesome, aren't I? <laughs> I know. I, I'm sitting here patting myself on the back and all the other women who have helped me achieve that. So thank you. Thank you. It's you know I'm today I'm your reminder of how awesome you are. So <laughs> I appreciate that, and I accept that, so thank you. Yes, good, awesome. So I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I know we kind of randomly met on Facebook, and my audience knows I I meet a lot of people on Facebook uh, for this interview series because it's such, you know, so rich with wonderful opportunities to network, and you were talking about your upcoming book, and I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, her story. I need I need her to share her story with my audience. So I reached out to you, and we've had some schedule bumps, um, but finally, <laughs> I'm so glad to have you on. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so my first question, you know, I read a lot. You've done a lot of great work. Um, you've dealt with failures, as we all have, so I just want you to share uh, whatever you feel compelled to share about your story and how you've been able to get out of your own damn way. Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to share with you as well as all of the listeners that I truly believe that when we as individuals open up and share our stories, we are allowing all of us to connect through vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I am very aware and open to sharing my story. I know not everyone is as open as um, maybe I am or as they would like to be, but there was a point in my story where it hit me like a ton of bricks that I need to stop hiding what I'm doing 
and mm-hmm. sharing it openly so that it can provide hope and inspiration to whomever needs it. But mm-hmm. a little bit about my story. Um, in 2008, 2009, many of you may recall the economy crashed. Um, I was doing very well for myself in my career and was very successful in the nonprofit industry. That's pretty much been the sector I've always been in. I was a reduction in force at that time, and uh, that happened six months after I was asked to lay off my staff. So I was mm. leading a team of fundraisers. It was the first time ever as an adult a professional career that I had to tell two people, in fact, that they no longer have a job. So mm-hmm. that in itself was crushing. Yeah. Six months later, the table turned, and I was the one being let go. So I quickly could empathize, was quick to be compassionate and um, did not know where I was going to go, you know, what door was going to open next. Mm -hmm. So what I've always wanted to do, and thankfully I've been the one to kind of look at the silver lining, is I took my severance pay and I bought a flight um, to Africa. Mm -hmm. I went to, not many people would do this, but I I, (laughs) took that money because I wasn't tied down at any time. I didn't have to take vacation. You know, I was free to go anywhere in the world, absolutely anywhere. And I chose to go to Uganda and serve for two weeks in a community there. And I helped, I play soccer and I helped some girls with soccer there. I helped with word processing skills. And when I came back, what I want to share is I made the most of the time while I was there. Mm -hmm. When I came back, I went to a food bank because I had zero food in my cabinet. I had zero money in my bank account, and it was truly a time to start over. Mm-hmm. That, that to me, was the turning point that – I shouldn't say turning point. That was the start to my roller coaster. <laughs> so, and so why. it begins. Okay. And so it begins. Absolutely. The twists and the turns and the bumps and the, all of it began after that. Um, I found myself in a wonderful relationship and it turned not so wonderful very quickly. I found out I was pregnant and um, knew that by me making the choice to move forward, I was choosing to move forward alone. The partner I had um, was not keen on family or or serving that role, but Mm -hmm. I always knew that I wanted to be be a mom. Mm -hmm. So again, I forged ahead. I forged forward. I, in fact, moved away from Phoenix back to my small town that you spoke of where I grew in my wonderful childhood. I had my family, immediate family there as support, but I struggled. I struggled a lot, and I was I was forced onto, you name it, any and all kinds of government support, food stamps, mm-hmm. health insurance. Um, and I spoke earlier about, you know, when a ton of bricks hit me on the head. What I was doing is hiding my food stamp card when I would go to the grocery store. Whether my child was in tow with me or not, I mm-hmm. was so embarrassed, and I felt like damaged goods. I felt like no one took me seriously. No one believed the situation I was in. Mm -hmm. I would literally cover up my food stamp card when I used it at the grocery store because I was humiliated. 
how did I, I have a master's in business degree, I was doing really well in my career, how did I let this happen? How did I get in such dire straits that I could not afford the basic needs Mm -hmm. for myself and my child? Uh So the words that came to me as I swiped my debit card that is a food stamp that looks just like a debit card, the words that came to me were, it's time to share your story and stop hiding it from everybody else. Mm-hmm. I don't know where these words came from. It was almost as if the cashier across from me um, said them just that vividly to me. And I walked out of the grocery store at that time and just said, okay, I'll do it. I, I'm very grateful I have the background of nonprofit under my belt. But I've never led a nonprofit. I've never started a nonprofit. I've never created programs. I've always been on the fundraising side. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I said, okay, I build it and they will come. So that's exactly what I did in 2012. I filed for a 501c3 paperwork, both for Arizona State and the federal government, to um, have Reawaken, which is the women's empowerment nonprofit that I started in the biggest challenging time of my life. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I needed a support group of powerful, positive women, that maybe, just maybe, another woman could use it too. Oh, absolutely. That was was in 2012, and Uh I cannot even tell you how I have blossomed and my entire garden around me has bloomed. Um, They say it takes a village, and it's not just to raise a child, right, but it's to find who you truly are. Mm, And my village has grown, and I have grown, and I have transformed, and my child has transformed. He's turning five soon. And the gift that he gives me every day is to embrace my own inner child. Mm. And if I can laugh, at things, you know, whether it's a skinned knee or losing a contract on a job, to find the things in my life of that silver lining, my soapbox that I like to share not only now with women, I've moved beyond wanting to only impact women to a lot of healing in my own story to wanting to impact men, women, children alike, everyone, Mm -hmm. is there truly is a silver lining in every obstacle. There truly is a lesson that if you can become centered and clear on what it is you're supposed to learn, even in the worst of situations, there's a there's there's good in that. And and I have experienced so many things and I want other people to have the opportunity and encourage them, no matter how small it is, but find the lesson that's a good and a positive outcome. That's wonderful. I, I relate so much to your story as well because I, and this is something I don't talk about a lot um, either, but when I divorced my son's father, he was, my son was three at the time, and I had to go on food stamps as well and other state assistance to get through. I was near bankruptcy because of that. And at that point, I only had my bachelor's degree, and but that was my turning point mm-hmm. for going back and getting my master's. But I remember saying the same things to myself. It's like, how did I get here? You know, I mm-hmm. was doing well in my career. I was climbing the ladder. I was, you know, all of these things. And it's it's 
so interesting how we do that to ourselves because, you know, it, as a, um, in part of my, one of my careers, I'm in my third now, but uh, <laughs> one of my careers, <laughs> I worked a lot with people who were in the system, who were uh-huh. on state assistance and um, helped them um, as a therapist and got to see, uh, you know, people from all walks of life coming into that. And, and it's so amazing how, we kind of think, well, I shouldn't do this because A, B, or C, but it's it's more, it's, it just happens. And it's, it's more like you said, it's what we do with that. It's how we handle it, how we move through it, um, because everyone's mm-hmm. on a roller coaster. It's just all the time. Some of us yeah. go upside down. Some of us go sideways. It's just everyone's roller coaster is different, but everyone is on that. And it's, it's so, it's so nice to hear other people talk about, yeah, I was in such bad shape that I had to, and then fill in the blank. I mean, it doesn't have to be mm-hmm. what you and I have experienced, but it we all go through it. And and mm-hmm. I just love that affirmation of, of how you talked about, um, gosh, that was quite a roller coaster that you went into in those few minutes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, and that's just, you know, skimming the surface there because right. every day seems to throw some kind of a hurdle in my direction as, you know, and a chance to overcome and say, make my affirmation, I'm going to overcome this. I am yes. going to overcome this. No matter how many hurdles you throw on my way, I'm going to overcome this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah, it's important. And I, you know, another thing that I picked up on too that you talked about is is when you moved back home. And, you know, that's that's something I did as well. <laughs> you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there can relate. It's sometimes you just need um, some family, some people who are going to just hold you um, during sure. those times and, and allow you to, to get your footing again. So I know mm-hmm. for me, support has been um, a backbone in, in my struggle in overcoming as well. Absolutely. And for me, it was that level of familiarity. My family knew me. They knew my ups, my downs, um, and I could be my authentic self there. Um, and so for that, I'm extremely grateful. I I lasted, as I like to joke, I lasted a full year, and then I moved back to Phoenix. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's, so, I, that's about how long I could take to you. <laughs> yes. 365 days, but who was counting? Oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Yes, no, I yeah. totally get that. You know, it, and and that's the thing is that support, I think, support is designed to be kind of a short-term thing. Um, and, mm-hmm. and actually, I shouldn't say it that way. I think different levels of support because sometimes we need more intense support like that. Um, other times we just need the daily kind of, check-in support or, or whatever, but um, it's important to know our own limitations <laughs> Yes, <laughs> when we're dealing with that intense support, too. So, yeah, very, very nice. And I love that you, you started this nonprofit. I mean, what a gift. I In the work that I've done in, in all of the careers that I've had, one thing has been pretty consistent, and that's that I tend to – Seek out help from people who've been through what I'm trying to learn, mm-hmm. who've been through it firsthand. And I wonder what your kind of thoughts are on that about, you know, would people connect with you as much if you hadn't have gone through all of those things? 
Right. Well, it's funny you say that. That is exactly how I designed the nonprofit Reawaken, is no matter your age, we all experience things. No matter your race, your ethnicity, your sexual orientation, no matter any of that, we have all experienced something in our life that we can share if we're open to, mm-hmm. share with another human being to learn from, be it our child, be it our best friend, be it a complete stranger. So opening up and becoming vulnerable, you truly can become closer with others, with yourself, and build community. So mm-hmm. Reawaken is all about women sharing their personal stories, their personal experiences to help another woman, um, be it through bankruptcy or a divorce or, or how, you know, how does a woman handle when she finds out that her child was diagnosed with autism mm-hmm. or, or any, anything? Um, how does a woman handle the final end-of-life decisions for her parents? And all of the emotional baggage and hardships that go along with making those end-of-life decisions. Mm -hmm. So if we as women and as human beings, individuals, men, women, children, can open up and share stories, everyone is a teacher. As I shared, my my five-year-old is truly my teacher, and every (laughs) day I learn from him. Um, So just because I'm his mom doesn't mean that he doesn't teach me, and that's the same with everybody that we we cross oh absolutely i i said for a long time that my son was sent to me or i brought him mm-hmm. to me however you want to look at that and he saved me mm-hmm. um because the, my divorce was one of the most painful things that i ever had to go through and mm-hmm. i had to be there to fight for him and to fight for um his right to have a parent who was going to be there for him and Absolutely. and I I love I love that you say that but but it's true I find that when we can allow ourselves like you said to be vulnerable and to mm-hmm. connect with other people in a very meaningful and deep way that we all become co-creators we all become the teachers and the students and we're all here to help each other um because some people may have gone through a financial difficulty and they're just, you know, maybe two steps ahead of us on the path to recovery, but we have so Mm -hmm. much to learn. And, you know, one of the things that I have many friends and colleagues who are healers, and one of the things that I hear talked about so much among us is, oh, well, you know, I'm not perfect. Well, you know, who's going to listen to me? (laughs) Sure. Yeah, and the thing is that we've all got something to teach. We've all got something to share. Mm-hmm. I struggled with that a lot too. Um, you did mention that we met on Facebook, and that's always a great place to get to know people. Um, but what I found is living an authentic life even means for people to see you when you're not perfect, mm-hmm. right? It reminds them that you're a human being, and it reminds you that you're a human being. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing I love is how Reawaken is designed is not for me to be at the pulpit, so to speak, 100%. I am participating in my own life and living my life as perfect and imperfect every day as I know how. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, it's um, I founded the organization and I'm learning from all of the women who have participated since 
you know, it, it's being founded. And um, in my role, you know, I, I do have the executive director role, but every day I'm learning from new women that come in and out of the space. Mm-hmm. And allowing yourself to do that, I think, is, is brave in and of itself because I know for me, um, you know, 10 years ago, I hid behind my expert status. I hid behind my master's degree and my licensure and, you know, and, and it, it was kind of a safe, easy place to hang out until you realize, huh, things aren't, the results aren't coming the way that I would expect them to, both personally and professionally. And it's, um, I think it's, it's a place that has value because it teaches us what doesn't work. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's also it's so much more vulnerable and human to to say, Hey, yeah, I, I went through this, I'm not perfect, um, I've mm-hmm. stumbled, I've um fallen deep down in the hole before and I've crawled my way out. You know, kicking right. and screaming sometimes, but it's it's important <laughs> to remind us of our own humanity for that. And and I totally applaud you for, for being able to stay in that space because it's that in and of itself is so healing. Yes. Thank you. Mhm. Absolutely. So I love I love that concept of vulnerability. So I wonder what else you can share about what it means to be vulnerable and how that's helped you on your on your get out of your own damn way path. Yeah. Well, how else can you be vulnerable? I think for me it's being open to growing and the opportunities and taking ownership and responsibility when something didn't go right and you're at the cause for that, so to speak. So I was actually in a training certification this past weekend, and um, we did a lot of work on ourselves. It was 25 hours of personal work, personal growth, um, so that we can coach, be better coaches with others using certain tools and resources. And vulnerability came up a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Laughter came up through vulnerability. Tears came up through vulnerability. Fear And for me, and taking responsibility at my cause or what I have caused is huge in being vulnerable. And some may call it making amends, but being able to reach out to that person or group that maybe you you wronged, no matter how wrong that is, and being vulnerable to putting yourself at the point of apologizing, saying I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, taking ownership, cleaning up your side of the street. I mean, again, (laughs) however this works for you, right, is um, that is vulnerability. And I I remember one time my son was, I think he was three and still in diapers, and I spanked him, the lightest spank ever on on his bottom, Mm -hmm. and he's wearing a diaper, so he didn't feel anything, but guess what? I felt it all. Mm. Yeah. In my core, in my heart, and that night I needed to be vulnerable and tell him that I was sorry. And as my teacher would say, I, you know, I say, I want you to know I'm really sorry that I lost my patience and that I spanked you. And he looked at me with these teary eyes and says, it's okay, Mom. I still love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yes. And I just looked at him and 
again, had teary eyes back. But for me to be vulnerable as a mom, even if spanking, you know, is right or is not right, depending on how you parent, Mm-hmm. For me to just tell, you know, at that time a three-year-old, for at some point, you know, people may say, oh, I don't need to say I'm sorry, I'm the mom, and that's just what moms do. But I felt it in my core that I needed to be vulnerable even to my child and take my responsibility because mm-hmm. the way I acted impatiently was not was not okay. So I, I hope that helps with vulnerability. Um, I think creating a safe space between your friends or your village or whomever you relate to so that you feel comfortable opening up. Um, I don't believe in competition at all. So <laughs> any women's groups, any anybody um, that I would typically see as a competitor, I've actually reached out as a cooperator. And the word I would like to help people learn is co-opetition. So let's cooperate with our competition and let's turn it into co-opetition instead of fighting one another or trying to do better. It's let's come together as a unit, as a whole, and let's take this on in numbers. Yes, I agree. I love that word. I wrote it down, co-opetition. I don't know how you spell it, but I, I don't either, but it, you can say it much easier. <laughs> I know, and, and I love that because co-op has a, kind yes. of another meaning too. So I think that's mm-hmm. great, and I, I totally agree with that whole idea. I, I love how you took it into that, taking responsibility in a men's kind of direction because I think we forget about that. I think sometimes we think vulnerability yeah. just means showing our scars. Um, but right. showing our scars is is that like you take it a step further, it is taking that responsibility and saying, you know, when when you have, um, not necessarily intentionally, but when, when someone else has been hurt by something that you've done. And I, I think that that's mm-hmm. so important. And and the vulnerability of doing that with your kids, I, I love that. I, I, I'm a parent like that as mm-hmm. well. When I've, I've taught my son that uh, parents, don't come with with the manuals of of how to raise their kids. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> we absolutely do not. So, yeah, so we learn right along with them. Absolutely. Yes. So I love that, and I think that's such a great model for not only parenting but um, for just being a human being and, and interactions with colleagues mm-hmm. and um, absolutely and just everybody, friends, romantic partners, whatever it may be. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, we're we're just about out of time if you can believe that. <laughs> it went by quickly. It always goes so fast. Oh my gosh. So before we do end, I want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you, if any information you have sure. about your your upcoming book or reawaken or whatever you want to share with people. Oh, gosh, I have so many. Um, First and foremost, I do intend for the book to be out. I I have a couple of working titles right now, so thank you for this opportunity. The book will be out by the end of October. I am co-leading, co-facilitating a women's empowerment retreat in Cabo San Lucas. We actually have a couple. We have a couple of spots open, so if you're interested, I um, can share about that. It's called Reawaken to no judgment, just love. Um, so there's that. It's November 4th through the 8th in Cabo in Mexico, so get your passports ready. <laughs> and then for me personally, I created a website, and it's called JarrettInspires.com. 
So that's J-A-R-R-E-T-T-I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S dot com. You'll find out more news of my book there. You'll find out if you're interested in coaching. You'll find um, information about Reawaken as well. And it has my personal contact, and that's kind of my um, holding space for all of the different things I have going on. So JarrettInspires.com would be the best place. Wonderful, and that is so awesome that you're doing your retreat in, in Cabo. How nice. Yeah, we're going to do a variety. Yeah, we're going to do a variety of destination retreats, and our first one is women's only. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, that sounds that sounds so wonderful. Um, so one, one more tip or any closing thoughts that you have um, for the audience on how to get out of your own damn way. Okay, so ironically, let's pull this back to Facebook, full full circle here. Mm-hmm. A girlfriend of mine posted, give your best advice in four words or less. So for me, I want you to get out of your own damn way by these four words. Stop beating yourself up. Hmm, that's a good one. That's a really good one. We could probably talk that's another simple. few hours on that one. Yeah, that's simple. <laughs> Absolutely. It's that simple. Those four words, stop beating yourself up. <sighs> and on that note, oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Absolutely great advice. Um, I you know, I could just hear the wheels turning with everyone out there. Well, <laughs> sure, but how do I do that? Well, keep listening mm-hmm. because that's what this series is all about is helping you with the tools, and and I just want to piggyback that by saying don't focus on the how, focus on the what. So thank you, Jarrett, so much for being a part of the Jam Sessions. I've really enjoyed hearing more about your story. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm honored. Yay. And thank you all for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Jam Way Jam Sessions. Be sure to stay tuned for more inspirational stories. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way Jam Sessions with Creeland Peters. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and invite your friends to join us at www.creeland.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. That's www.kryln.com slash getoutofyourwayinterviews. Thanks for tuning in.